Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today we're back by very popular demand with one of my good friends from my dietetics program at Virginia Tech, Kristen DeAngelis. Kristen is a registered dietitian, functional and integrative practitioner, and yoga teacher, and she's the director of health coaching and education at Nutrition Dynamic. Today's episode is all about thyroid health, which can at times be very closely linked to Kristen's last episode on adrenal health or what we call burnout. Just like in her last episode, Kristen dives deep into thyroid health to help you figure out what red flags to look for and what they mean. We also discuss what specific labs you should get done for a complete look at your thyroid health, which is often neglected by most practitioners, and what you can do to improve your thyroid health based on different lab results. Kristen takes you through what she does to personally keep her thyroid health working optimally and how you can easily incorporate different habits into your daily routine. Kristen, you're back and I'm so happy. Um, We, you know, I feel like we touched a little bit on thyroid health in our last podcast episode, which your episode, Kristen, I think is still like one of our best performing ones all about adrenal fatigue. So if anyone didn't listen to that, go check that one out. But we're going to be talking all about thyroid health today. And this is something that I think you can agree that everybody should be concerned about or also just Mm -hmm. aware of Mm -hmm. and know what signs and symptoms to look for, but also know it, you know, what to do after that. So could you just start with telling people like, what is your thyroid and why do we need to keep it in good shape? Absolutely. Well, if anyone listened to the adrenal, um, conversation that we had on stress that feeds right into thyroid because thyroid is influenced by a lot of different hormone systems and it influences other systems integrated into the body. So the thyroid sits itself like right, right in that, well, you can't really see me, but right in your um, throat area. Um, But the reason why it's so important is because we have thyroid receptors on every cell in our body. So if you can imagine if we have the thyroid Glenn actually like acts almost like the Goldilocks of all of the systems that you can't have too much and you can't have too little because if there's too much or too little, it's going to affect every cell in your body. Um, some of the most prominent ones that we see are off when we'll talk about like symptoms a little bit would be, um, gut, gut and digestion, um, looking at sex hormones, looking at the ovarian thyroid axis, um, adrenals and stress. So we look at like the thyroid neurolimbic access and looking at how stress response has to do, um, even just like mental function. So when we think about thyroid health, it just, it influences every single organ system in our body, every cell in our body. And so that Goldilocks component of making sure we don't have too much, we don't have too little is essential when it comes to thyroid health. And it's often something that really is not brought up. Um, you know, if someone goes to their conventional doctor and they might complain of, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, maybe they're cold all the time. Maybe they've had rapid weight gain and they can't lose weight. And, you know, it's common to just say, well, those are common symptoms. You know, maybe we'll give you a anti-anxiety or antidepressant. Um, maybe you just need to stress less. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that thyroid dysfunction, 
affects one in eight people in the U.S. uh, throughout an American, like any U.S. American's lifetime. And it affects women three to, no, five, five to eight times more than men. So women are often more affected. Um, And then also of that pool, 60% of thyroid um, imbalances and dysfunction goes misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. So it's so essential that we're talking about this because it's, for me, it's just so important that I help to educate um, our listeners, um, empower people to know how to be a patient advocate, trying to like, what I am hoping that we get out of this conversation together is for our listeners to think about, okay, what are the red flags that might be something to bring up and kind of correlate? Okay. Could this have to do with thyroid? And then what do we do um, about it? And whether it's lab testing, whether it's diet and lifestyle nutrition. Um, So there's, there's a lot surrounding what thyroid uh, impacts and how we can also optimize it. No, exactly. And that's, I definitely, Kristen, want to get into later about like, lab testing and what testing you actually want done versus like maybe your general thyroid panel that your physician would do and what we can do about that. But let's go into some of those, like what would be some of those red flags and what would cause your thyroid, you know, to be impaired or just Mm -hmm. dysfunctional? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when we were talking about like that Goldilocks of too much or too little, Um, Sometimes people can have both sides of the spectrum. Um, So symptoms, common symptoms that I would see that I often have my clients do on an intake form. And even if they don't have labs, I will already have a sense that something is off if they check a couple in these boxes. So cold all of the time, um, or on the flip side, they might be sweating all of the time. Um, Someone who is having lots of like dry, brittle hair, skin, nails, they might be losing their hair. A common like symptom that I would see would be um, losing like the outer third of the eyebrow or like, it's kind of like losing that, that last part of it. Um, Someone who has rapid weight gain and can't lose weight. They feel like they've tried everything and they can't lose the weight. Now that could be impacted through other things. But again, it's what I practice is looking at like the functional aspect as a whole. And usually thyroid plays a big role. And when we're looking at metabolism and weight on the flip side, someone might also have trouble gaining weight. So someone could have trouble losing weight um, or someone could have trouble gaining weight. Um, Some other common signs and symptoms would be um, feeling fatigued, feeling like they wake up in the morning, totally not refreshed, completely exhausted, almost like, you know, got hit by a bus is something that I like commonly hear with like fatigue and low energy. Um, some other things might be constipation is a real common one. Um, and you'll notice that some of these go hand in hand, someone who can't lose weight. Um, they might have hormone imbalances. Um, maybe they've recently gone through a stressful event, either, either, in the past six months, or it may have been like an accumulation of stressful events over time. And some of those stressful events could be pregnancy, like pregnancy is a stressful event. And so um, I think that's really important that women are thinking about, okay, postpartum, sure, there might be some, obviously you're a new mom, you're going to feel exhausted. But when we see all these additional symptoms of depression, anxiety, um, maybe there's dysregulation in temperature, maybe there's, you know, they're losing their hair. Um, you know, it's so common to just say, all right, we're going to give you an antidepressant rather than saying, okay, let's also look at, is your thyroid 
off. And we need to also support thyroid because that's really, really common that we see thyroid get imbalanced um, after pregnancy. So stressful events can definitely be like the trigger that breaks the camel's back. Um, other things I mentioned gut health. So the constipation, but also like severe bloating, um, is, is also a common one too. Um, and then lastly, I feel like there's anything else that I'm missing. Oh, racing heart. Um, if someone has more on the hyper side, so there's hypo and hyperthyroidism, um, hyper, they might feel like racing heart or high blood pressure or, um, heart pounding. So, those are, there's, there's quite a few symptoms, but those are some of like the big ones that I usually talk with my clients. And if I see a whole host of them being checked off, I'm usually anticipating something's off on the thyroid. Yeah. And, and what Kristen would be some of those root causes, like just for your thyroid to not function as well. Yeah. Some of the most common ones. Okay. So I think on our last call, we talked about how like all the systems are integrated, right? So we often just think, and I mean, most of the women that I get, they say, oh, I want to lose weight. And they say, I want to lose weight, but then they check off all these other symptoms. And so I have to explain, well, in order to like rev your metabolism and support metabolism, yes, we have to support thyroid, but what supports thyroid and what might be off in those other spaces. And that's where the root causes of what's causing the thyroid to be imbalanced. So it could be gut dysfunction. There could be leaky gut going on. It could be, you know, a history of inflammatory foods. It could be not eating enough. And so then we're not getting adequate nutrients to support thyroid production, to support thyroid conversion of there's, we can talk about like labs and physiology a little bit later, but, um, there's T4 and T3 and T3 is the active thyroid hormone. And there's certain nutrients required to get into the, the inactive to the active form. So if someone's malnourished, or again, they've been trying to lose weight for a long time and they've been severely dieting, they might just be really low in those essential nutrients for thyroid production and thyroid conversion. Um, speaking on that side of things, if you've been severely restricting carbohydrates, if you've been going very low carb for a long time, very low fat for a long time, um, that can be a root cause why thyroid would come off. Um, we've talked before about over-exercising. Exercise is good, but it's also the Goldilocks, right, of everything. And you can't have too much and you can't have too little. And so for someone who's doing like HIIT training five, six times a week, um, that can also like burn out your thyroid. Um, so those would be some root causes, stress. I mentioned already like a big root cause, um, toxin accumulation. So I always say all the time, like, it's not a matter of if we're toxic, it's a matter of how much, um, just cause we were talking about pregnancy a moment ago. Um, you know, the first thing that I'm doing is no matter who you are walking into like my practice, um, I'm working on supporting detoxification systems, um, making sure that we're eliminating the amount of toxins coming into our body and then helping to speed up the amount of those toxins leaving the body through addressing, there's basically, uh, three phases of, of liver detoxification. Um, and so supporting those things, but if there's any blockages, um, then that can also be a root cause behind why would the thyroid be off? So, stress, toxins, inflammatory foods, not eating enough or eating the wrong types of foods, um, inadequate intake of the nutrients, uh, important for the thyroid production conversion. Um, and yeah, those, there's a lot more, but those are like the big, the big ones. <laughs> yeah, no, those are great. And I feel like it's, 
it's so interesting to Kristen. Cause like there's so much overlap between like adrenal fatigue and thyroid health. Like, yes. It's, yes. And I'm sure you see it a lot in your practice. So I'm curious now going into the lab work piece of it. And this is what I see often is like, where can things go wrong when people just go to their, you know, family practitioner mm-hmm. or their PCP and say they want to get their thyroid tested, like the typical lab work they would do versus what you would really want to see and what people should specifically be asking for and why. Yes, absolutely. Great question. And I feel like people should just like take notes on this. Um, so, so first off, you know, a lot of people will go in and complain of these symptoms and, you know, their doctor ends up not even ordering thyroid. So I would always say like, go in and just get a routine thyroid panel. But that being said, if you ask for a thyroid panel, um, typically what's going to be ordered is a TSH and T4. So TSH is thyroid stimulating hormone. It's more of the, of checking the feedback loop, but it's not actually looking at how much thyroid hormone do you actually have? It's just looking at the thyroid, the, the, um, feedback loop. T4 is the inactive form of thyroid hormone. Um, and the actual active form of thyroid hormone is free T3. So if we're just checking TSH and we're just looking at T4, we're not actually looking at the amount of active thyroid hormone T3. And then we're also not looking at a couple other ways of how thyroid can convert. Reverse T3 kind of acts like a break to the system to pushing it into the active. So I like to check reverse T3. I also like to check um, antibodies, TPO and thyroglobulin antibody. Um, so thyroid peroxidase and thyroglobulin, TGAB and TPO. These are ones that, um, will indicate if someone has an autoimmune condition related to thyroid. And it's very important to know that you can improve your antibodies. What will happen is I'll have my clients request um, from their doctors to get uh, antibodies checked and their doctors will say, well, those can't change. So we're not going to get them tested. Now um, they can change and I can, I have the, you know, the testimonials to prove that. Um, And it is in the research too, with adequate uh, support changes in diet and lifestyle and nutrition. um, You can absolutely change the the um, severity of an autoimmune condition related to thyroid. So again, to recap, like the most common ones that are checked is just TSH and T4, but that's like barely the tip of the iceberg. What you really want to get checked and write this down would be yes, TSH, free T4, free T3, uh, reverse T3, uh, the antibodies TPO and TGAB. And then I usually like to also check iodine because iodine is also important for thyroid production. Um, and it's almost never checked on lab work. Um, and then also vitamin D and vitamin D is very, very important from an immunity aspect. Um, and honestly, 80% of the patients that I see are uh, deficient or insufficient in vitamin D. And it plays a role in thyroid, but it also acts like a pro-hormone. So it plays a role in um, in hormones, in immunity, in um, in so many other aspects. In, the body. in so, like everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those and would if be you the guys, Yeah. If you guys are listening <clears throat> to this in the car, I will say too, Kristen has a great, I want to say it's an IGTV, right, Kristen? about Mm -hmm. thyroid health and you list out the labs Mm -hmm. in the comment section. So if you are driving, know that you can always go to Kristen's Instagram 
and get that there as well. Um, so yeah, let's walk. I will. Yeah. I want to pause on that for one more yeah. second because with labs, I often find people have to like break an arm and a leg and like jump through hoops just to like yep. really try to get labs done. And I don't think enough people are aware that you can, you can do home labs, you can do home testing. So we have all of this accessible and available, um, on, uh, my team's website. So I'm the director of health coaching at nutrition dynamic, and, um, we have it available on our website. Um, basically you would just, we would write you a requisition form and you bring it in to get blood labs done. Or if you're, um, nervous about like, going in still to go into a location to get blood labs. You can also do a home test kit. So we do have a home test kit as well um, for you to check thyroid panel. And that's just, it's a great way for you again, to feel empowered. And um, all of those labs do come with a review with myself or one of our other dietitians so that you can actually walk through. And with those labs, um, <clears throat> what often happens is, you know, you're told, Oh, everything looks fine. Um, but I always explain, it's like when I go in to get my, you know, oil change and they say, everything is fine. And then I bring it to my dad and he's like, no, like this is, this is off. This is off. So you more so want to make sure that you're looking at, um, am I in an optimized space? Mm -hmm. Uh, cause when we're looking at the ranges, um, it's not just a range, like, am I in range? It's, am I in the optimal space for me? So if your symptoms aren't lining up with where your labs are, we need to combine both of them. We need to combine, how are you feeling? What are your symptoms? And then what are we seeing in your labs? And does this make sense? Is there something off it? Is that confirming? So, um, get labs checked. You can request them through your doctor. You can also just get them for yourself. And that comes with an in-depth review with some action points. So no, just and to that's, know that that's out there. No, that's great, Kristen. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I mean, I even recently had a client where I specifically gave her what thyroid hormones I wanted her to get checked mm -hmm. and they just did the standard panel. They did the TSH so and T4. Like they, they wouldn't even do yeah. what she asked for. And yeah. I think they knew it was probably coming from someone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe it would mm -hmm. go unnoticed, but yeah, you want to also not only get the labs back, but you want to go through them with someone that is looking to be more of that detective and really dive in deep. And like you said, and then this is with any labs we get, Yes, there's the normal range, but the normal range is not the optimal range. And so right. working with a practitioner that's looking more for the optimal range can play a huge part. Um, but let's get into now, like what we can do about it. So like, what can we mm -hmm. do to improve our thyroid health depending on, and you know, Kristen, you don't have to go through all of them, but like the different lab scenarios or like just the, the, I yeah. guess the most common things you see. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, why don't we first start with somewhat cause hypothyroidism is the most common yeah. that we tend to see. Um, and so that is when someone would see a high TSH. Um, so typically the reference range is 0.5 to 4.5. For me, that's way too big of a range. Um, I'm looking to get it closer to one to two. Um, however, based on your um, body size, um, it might vary. So someone who's a very like ectomorphic, smaller female, they might be closer to like 0.7 to one. And even though that's on the lower end, um, if I look at their lifestyle, it might be okay. Um, and, and so it's again, pairing up like symptoms with the lab. Um, but again, I'm looking for the optimal, like one to two, but if you're seeing even on your TSH, even if it's closer to like three or four, but if it's above 4.5, it definitely is, you know, um, 
technically diagnosable for uh, hypothyroidism, meaning that your thyroid is, um, it's, it's that Goldilocks. So it thinks that it needs to make more thyroid hormone because there's not enough present. And so that's why it's kind of confusing because it says, oh, TSH is high, but hypo means low, but it means that your thyroid is trying to produce and push out like more thyroid hormone because there's, there's not, there's not enough present. So when we see something like that, um, we're looking at, well, my, my, I mean, my favorite saying is like, your body doesn't make mistakes. It's just trying to respond to the environment it's in. What I often see with the women that, that come to me with hypothyroidism is they're overstressed. Um, they're overtraining. They are under eating. And there are so many research studies, and I'll have to send it to you to like, if you do show notes yeah. to Lincoln, there we'll are so in. many research studies, um, PubMeds, you know, scholarly articles discussing caloric restriction and suboptimal thyroid levels. And so when we see someone who's been like chronically dieting again, they're just trying to lose some weight, but then in turn, they end up hurting themselves more. And then their thyroid looks off, right. When really it's just it's, it's just trying to respond the only way it knows how it's trying to compensate. And so when we end up just adding like medication to it, your body is still in that really stressed out state. And so it makes it confused. And that's why, unfortunately, people start to end up having to increase thyroid medication, you know, each year because they're not responding when really their body is just trying to like give signals and we don't know how to read the signals. So what we're trying to do right now, obviously, is like help people decipher what those signals are. But all of that being said, what would we do if someone is more on the hypothyroid side of things? Well, first of all, I would want to look at a little bit more than just TSH. So make sure that you're looking at T4 and T3. Typically in a hypothyroid state, T4 and T3 are low. So um, T4 and T3 optimal levels that I'm typically looking for, um, T4 typically around like 1.1 and T3 typically around like a three. Um, And if those are pretty low, then typically what's recommended would be um, a thyroid medication. So there's T4 and T3 based thyroid medications, there's combination therapy, but diet, lifestyle, nutrition is key. And that's where like certain nutrients can come in to support thyroid function and also to help the conversion between the T4 to the active T3. So, okay. Now that we've got that out of the way, like what nutrients and like what can help to support that? So production of thyroid hormone, let's just like do the basics macro, like having healthy uh, macronutrients and then getting out any type of like overly inflammatory foods. So looking at processed you know, obviously sugar is huge, but any type of like overly processed food, corn, soy, um, even for some people like processed dairy, um, for some people, I'll say more on like the autoimmune side of things, uh, gluten, there can be like gluten mimicry with thyroid hormone. Um, you don't need to avoid that, but if someone has Hashimoto's autoimmune condition, they may want to limit, um, gluten. Um, but really just getting closer to like a Mediterranean style diet pattern. And that's all, that's always looking at like the, what you're eating, but also how you're eating, slowing down, chewing your food, because chewing your food is going to improve the digestive system and, uh, and, and helping to improve like the gut health aspect, but the macronutrients would be healthy carbs healthy fats and adequate protein because protein has all the important nutrients like um, zinc, tyrosine, um, both of those help to improve thyroid production. 
Um, and then as far as healthy fats and carbs, I mean, that's probably the biggest one that I tend to see people are restricting the most on. Um, people tend to go really high protein, low carb, low fat, and wondering why they can't lose weight and they're feeling worse. And it feeds into the adrenals and the stress response. It's like an overstressed state because they're not getting the adequate nutrients they need. Um, but also it feeds into the thyroid piece. So adequate macro macronutrients, adequate calories to support your daily energy expenditure and how much you're actually like exerting and doing in the day. And then as far as like nutrients, I already mentioned, um, zinc, tyrosine, zinc, you can get, um, from, uh, proteins mostly, um, but zinc supplementation can also be effective. Um, when we're looking at uh, the conversion between T4 to T3, and again, we're talking about hypothyroidism, which is the most common, um, but that conversion, we would want to look at things like uh, selenium is, is a really common one that I, that I like to recommend. So um, my clients will see Brazil nuts thrown into their plan, which is a common one. Um, and then also fish is, uh, you can find selenium in fish. Um, uh, iodine is another common one. So often you'll see, I put nor nori sheets in my, in my meal plans that people are like, nori, like where do I get this? But it's just, it's a seaweed, it's a sea vegetable and it's um, high in iodine, but any type of like seaweed, sea vegetables, um, you can also supplement. Um, I don't recommend supplementing unless you get uh, levels checked because iodine is one of those tricky ones that you need enough, but too much and too little are both problems. So getting lab testing there is very helpful. Um, so we mentioned selenium, iodine, um, zinc, those all help with conversion. Um, and then also looking at, um, omega threes, obviously like, you know, that world so well, and that's very important just for like cell communication and the health of, of any cell. And so if thyroid receptors aren't on every cell of the body, we want to support the integrity and that's where, you know, omega threes, um, really come into play. Um, vitamin A, vitamin A is really important for detoxification. Um, those are found in uh, orange fruits and vegetables. So carrots, butternut squash, sweet potatoes. Um, you'll also see, so I do, you know, when people first come with me, I typically put them through a little bit of a detoxification program. Um, and vitamin A you'll find is in like a lot of the foods that I'm recommending. And then the last couple of ones would be B vitamins. They're found in lots of um, healthy proteins. Um, but we want to be aware of like vegetarians and vegans. If you're not getting adequate um, animal proteins, you do need to supplement. Um, and then lastly, and one of my favorites would be vitamin D. We're so often deficient or insufficient. Um, and that is also very important from like the immune standpoint, if we are looking at a Hashimoto's hypothyroid type of case. So um, yeah, that's a lot of like the nutrients to support. And I feel like I've been talking for too long. So <laughs> does no, that Kristen, um, that's, resonate? No, that's great. And um, what I was going to say too, I'm so glad you brought up right? Like making sure you're eating enough healthy fats and carbohydrates and protein, because something I've seen, I'm sure you've seen with a lot of clients is, you know, it's unfortunate. Cause like you said, you can be a chronic dieter yeah. and then get yeah. hypothyroidism, yeah. which yeah. oftentimes makes you gain weight rapidly. So your normal response would be, let me diet more, right. Exactly. Or let me take exactly. out more carbs more healthy fats, maybe not get enough protein in, and then it makes it worse. So how do you mm -hmm. even, 
what would you say to anyone listening? That's kind of in that state of like, I get that you're telling me to eat more, but like I'm gaining weight. So how does that, yeah. How does that add up? Yeah, totally. Um, you have to start slow, right? Like if someone's coming into me eating a thousand to 1200 calories and working out five times a week, um, I always say like, you can either jump in the pool or you can walk in the pool. And it's really scary to jump in the pool unless you have a practitioner that you're working closely with. So I can help you like get wet quick. Um, but like, you're probably going to need some handholding and reassurance and like, am I doing the right thing? So if you're not working with a practitioner, then how do I slowly like release the grip on everything that I've ever been told, which is eat less and move more, which is a whole nother frustrating thing that all my clients that come into me, that's what they've been preached every time that they go into the doctor's office and they're dealing with a thyroid condition. When actually you, you, you need to do, um, sometimes the opposite, um, to relax the body. So I would just say like, go slow. If you're eating 1200 calories, like walk up slowly. Don't all of a sudden eat your, it's called daily energy expenditure. You can plug in your, um, you can go to BMR calculator, to kind of find some of these calculations to what you actually should be feeding up to. And it's always shocking when I do these workshops and I, you know, people plug in their height and weight and it tells them the, you know, calculation, estimated calculation of how much they should be eating. People are like, what? 2,400 calories. That is, that is double what I'm eating right now. And it's like, yeah, that's why your metabolism has slowed down so much because it's slowing down to me to meet what you're giving it. Like your metabolism is what you feed it. So if you want your metabolism to be stronger, if you want your thyroid to be stronger, like you slowly have to walk up. But if you ate 2,400 calories tomorrow and today you're eating 1,200, well, yeah, you're going to gain weight, right? It's more so like slowly tick it up. Um, With a little like trick that I like to do with my clients um, is that I actually, I will walk up 200 calories. I'll walk down 100. I'll walk up 200 I'll walk down 100 every week. So it's a slow progression to help someone walk up their calories without gaining weight. Um, if someone does have um, Hashimoto's hypothyroid, so more of the autoimmune, I tend to go a lot slower. So I think that that like route can be very helpful. And I mean, same thing with the training. Like we have an addiction to the training. So if you have a visceral reaction to me saying, stop training six days a week, that should be a red flag that like, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, a relationship towards exercise that I need to work on. Yeah. That so, may, it may be a little unhealthy relationship there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I literally got that email from a client today and, um, he was, we're getting him started and he's running a few times a week. And I'm like, Hey, you know, there's going to be periods of this program where, where we're going to do a, uh, a scheduled and a programmed deload. It's not going to be yeah. forever, but we're going to pull back your runs to twice a week. And we're going to focus on walking 20 minutes twice a day. We're going to incorporate yoga. We're going to incorporate these things. So you're still training every day, but yeah. it's a different type of training. Like we're going to get into like brain training and like mind training. Right. <laughs> so yeah. And, and his words were like, I just had a visceral reaction to what you just said, but once you explained it now, I understand. And it's not forever. <sighs> So sometimes you just have to like help the body reset. And so in order to help the thyroid reset, sometimes you have to do something different than what you've been doing for so long because it's not working anymore. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, prison, that was such a good explanation. Is there anything else with hypothyroidism that we didn't touch on that you feel like you can do to improve it? And if not, 
let's just dive into hyperthyroidism. Yeah, I would say we can dive into hyperthyroidism because the other lifestyle factors are going to play a role in everything, which is sleep, stress, working on gut health, working on detoxification. Like those are the overlay for kind of everything. Yeah. Um, But hyperthyroidism kind of swings the other way. And it's also, it can often happen where we swing between hypo and hyper, um, high TSH, high low or low TSH. TSH and even the symptoms that someone is getting. So with hyperthyroidism, um, the severe like diseased state would, would be Graves disease. Um, so Graves disease is, is a lot more severe and that's where, um, certain medications would be required. Sometimes in Graves disease, they actually have to do like a thyroidectomy. So that's more on like the disease side of hyperthyroidism. Um, but the state that we're talking about where TSH is just, it's too low, um, meaning that your body is making too much thyroid hormone. So it's making too much thyroid hormone. And what that can then look like would be more of the symptoms of I'm sweating, I'm hot all the time. Um, the opposite of constipation, I have loose stools or I have more diarrhea. Um, I can't gain weight or I'm feeling like constantly hungry. Think about thyroid hormone, right? It's a dictator of metabolism. So it's if it's jacked up, then someone's metabolism is just so fast that it's kind of just, it's on a train and it's going fast and we can't slow it down. And so, yeah, for some people they're like, oh, I wish I had hyperthyroidism. No. I mean, these people are really suffering. They're really struggling as far as like severe weight loss. It's coming off. They can't hold weight. Um, and then also the other aspects as far as, you know, they're more on like the anxiety side of things, whereas hypo might be more on the depressive side of things. But again, you can always have a mixed depression and anxiety. So as I'm saying all these things, hopefully it's resonating that like the thyroid receptor sits on every cell in the body. It's going to affect hormones. It's going to affect brain, you know, the adrenals, stress, ovarian, adrenal thyroid axis is what we call it. And then also gut, um, heart, you know, someone might, might have heart palpitations or heart is beating really fast or racing. Those are all, you know, signs and signals of more of the hyper thyroid side of things. And so what could, are the recommendations similar for like what to do about it with hyperthyroidism or how do they differ a little bit? Yeah. So it really depends because there can be a couple different like variations based on what T4 and T3 look like. And then is it also an autoimmune case? So I more so just address like the real basics overall. So addressing stress in a cortisol response is probably the biggest one. Um, Making sure that they have a low anti-inflammatory diet, Um, making sure that they are getting adequate nutrients from the healthy carbs and fats and proteins. Um, so all of that, that supports, um, and even just, again, the nutrients that we talked about, right? Like selenium zinc, uh, what zinc does is it, it plays a role in the hypothalamus talking to the thyroid receptors to gauge how much thyroid hormone is, is, um, is there and how do I gauge how to control it? Do I need to slow it down or speed it up? So, so zinc can be a helpful supplementation. Um, but again, it's, what I find the most important component is making sure to address like that inflammatory aspect, the adrenal and stress aspect. Um, and then even like the gut piece of it. So the leaky gut can be playing a role. It it can be a two way street. It's like, is it the chicken or the egg? And sometimes it's just a mix of both. Well, and like you said, you said, Kristen, like you can go, which I didn't realize that you can kind of swing back and forth between hyper Mm -hmm. and hypo. 
which is really tricky, but it seems like at least a lot of the things to improve your thyroid health are similar, right? Whether it's hypo Mm -hmm. or hyper, Mm -hmm. which is great too. And that's, you know, my question I wanted to ask you, like, what are things that you pay attention to on a daily basis for yourself Mm -hmm. just to keep like, cause I'm sure, I mean, if you're anything like me, which I know you are, it's like, you're also thinking about all the things that you're teaching clients. It's like, you think about them constantly for yourself too. So what are you doing each day to support your thyroid and just be mindful of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, stress is the root cause of all disease. Like I will just be the first to Mm -hmm. say, I don't know who said that, but like, it's true. (laughs) Cause it's, it's just a role in, in every, everywhere that we look as far as an imbalanced state in the body. So I'm always trying to just keep in mind what side am I swinging on? Like how much did I take on this week? And I need to make sure that I'm incorporating like a rest day, not just training wise, but like, we're just in a culture of too much, like instant gratification, um, you know, answering the emails, looking at social media. So like, I really make sure I pay attention to being okay, doing nothing. Um, even if it's just for like an hour, but trying to like not schedule something on the weekends. Cause I tend to do that. I tend to overbook and over schedule and that is where things go off. And I will be the first to tell you too, is that like, you know, I, sh- I think I shared a little bit on my story, um, on our last episode, but yeah. The reason I got into functional medicine in the first place is because I didn't have a period for seven years. I had amenorrhea. I was super stressed out. I was anxious. My hair was super dry. Um, I was trying to put on weight and I actually was having a hard time putting on weight, but then I would swing between the symptoms that we saw like hypo and hyperthyroidism. Um, And then in order to get my cycle back, I went to like multiple doctors and I finally found a functional medicine practitioner. And after three months versus seven years of like having no answers, um, I got my period back. And the key was the stress reduction, the slowing down and pulling back. Um, and I actually had thyroid support in there as far as like the nutrients and foods I was eating and the supplementation I was taking. Um, and so now the state that I'm at is like, I am so aware of like, how do I train around my cycle? How is my body? Do I need an extra hour of sleep or do I feel like I can actually push it? And also being aware of like social pressures, right? Like for me, going to the gym is a community. It's a place to like connect with my friends. And I just have to, you know, really stick to my plan. Like I train at the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I do um, a, you know, long walk on Tuesday. I do yoga on Thursday and I leave the weekends up to either do bike ride or volleyball or like, you know, whatever, however I'm feeling on that, on that time. But like, if I don't stick to that regimen, I'll get to the weekend and all of a sudden be like, why did I strength train four days in a row and do a run? And I feel like crap. And it's like, you didn't stick to your plan. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's for me, like, I'm just super aware of that. And especially as a female, like really um, thinking about like cyclical training and cyclical eating around like adequate carbs and fats. Oh, totally. You have to build in rest days or I would like to call them like they can be rest or restorative days. Like even if it's just yeah. like foam rolling or like a gentle yoga class, not like, totally. you know, a hot, hot yoga, yoga class or a hot flow yoga class. It's like, no, like restorative and rest days will actually help you meet your goals so much faster 
than training every single day during the week or training even just five days during the week. It's like, you really have to be mindful of it. And I mean, I think we've both probably seen it so many times, like again and again, and you do, you have to really, I think the toughest part is just like we were talking about earlier with like telling people they need to eat more. You have to convince them. Yeah. But like, I'm here to tell everyone listening. It's like, we've seen it. Like we've seen it training less and eating more of right of the right foods and working with someone while you're doing it. It can have a profound effect. Like, yeah, it will help you reach all those goals. Yeah, exactly. And then also in the end, you're happier and hopefully less stressed too about food and about training. And it just brings back like that joy to your life as well. Yeah. I think joy is honestly like we're in just a joy deficient culture that we forget how important and pivotal that is for our healing. Cause I think for a lot of women, they think it's just not possible to feel better. And whoever's listening, like, I want you to know it is possible. You just haven't found that right door or that right path. Um, like, I know that there is a path for you. You just need to find the practitioner and I'm happy to open up that door for you. And sometimes all we need is hope. So I have a whole host of, um, testimonials and spotlights on my page and on nutrition dynamics page to, again, cause sometimes we need to see people who have walked in those steps before us to be able to like surrender to the things that we're, you know, educating on. Uh, cause it is, it's going against the grain of what you have been taught to believe for a very long time. And so I get that it's scary, but that's why, again, looking at like the research, the literature, and then testimonials, like at the end of the day, people want to see someone that looks like me and was dealing with the same thing as me. And now they're at the goal that I want to have. Right. <laughs> oh, completely. Well, you know what? I think this is a perfect time then Kristen, like remind everyone where they can connect with you, um, mm-hmm. or nutrition dynamic, just in general, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Amazing. Um, so I feel like Instagram is the running business card. So you can find me at KD wellness. Um, and then I have, um, some of my like testimonials on KD wellness spotlights that's in my bio. Um, but I'm the director of an amazing functional health coaching company called nutrition dynamic. We have functional dietitians and health coaches all around the country. Um, and we all do uh, virtual services. So we are here to help. We are here to serve and to help people actually get answers. Um, so if anyone is interested, um, we offer a free discovery call. And honestly, even if you don't want to start like health coaching, you can just order labs off of our website and that's so empowering. And we can just go over your labs together, um, so that you actually know a bit more, um, about your body and what's going on and how to help, um, for you, because everything that we're talking about, it's very broad, but when you get lab work back and we're able to talk one-on-one, you're able to really find tune it. You're able to really say like, where do I optimize? Right. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, that's, you know, it's such a great resource because that's like a definitive lab work is such a great definitive way. So, I mean, sometimes you have to dig a little deeper, but like, it's such a great definitive way to actually see something on paper and what is going on. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of the time we are playing like the guessing game when we're not using labs. So I love that resource for everyone. And as you know, Kristen, we love to end every episode with a little rapid fire Q and a, so I have new questions for you this time. Ooh, okay. Um, and actually I'm curious with this one, because I know you do so many different things, but what is your favorite way to move your body? 
Ooh, my gosh. You know what? It's the summer right now. And so I'm just going to go with swimming. Yeah. I, I don't swim that often, but when I jump in Lake Michigan, like I am on cloud nine, (laughs) it just feels so good. It feels so good. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with swimming because it's fun and I feel limitless and it's, yeah, it's great, but I'm actually not a swimmer. Let me be very clear. Like (laughs) I can't do laps. Like I just like, I don't know, jumping in and swimming in the lake right now. I love that. Uh, what about your favorite social activity? Oh man, there's so many. Um, can travel be a social activity? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like I need to be aware of travel though, because I tend to over travel and then I'm like, okay, I need to not travel because I'm like needing to rest. So Exhausted. yeah, but travel just honestly, just like meeting people and having conversations. Um, I love like new experiences and meeting people that are different than me. Um, Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. What about your go-to breakfast? Ooh, probably like a hash of like sweet potatoes and eggs and a bunch of veggies. Yeah. Mm. Just can't go wrong. I love a sweet potato egg combo is so spot on. Oh yeah. And that's very helpful for your thyroid. You know, the orange vegetable, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you have your carbs, your protein, you've got some fiber in your veggies, some healthy fats from cooking it all and some good olive oil. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. I'm so glad. Like, I mean, there's more to thyroid health and I feel like we touch the surface on it, but at least like, I think just helping people be more aware, but then also knowing like not only just the signs and symptoms, but what they should do if they're yeah. starting to notice those red flags. So yeah. I have a feeling this episode's going to be another big hit with our listeners. <laughs> um, and I'm just so happy to have you on as a friend again and to see your face and to get to catch <laughs> up. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you're experiencing any of the symptoms Kristen talked about today, I encourage you to get your thyroid checked and or try some of the tips Kristen talked about to keep your thyroid working optimally. And remember, if you missed Kristen's episode on adrenal health, definitely go listen to it since it's so closely related to your thyroid health. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can watch every episode of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.